Chapter Five of Isaac Bickerstaff. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Isaac Bickerstaff, physician and astrologer, by Richard Steele. Chapter Five: Marriage of Sister Jenny. From my own apartment, September thirtieth, I am called off from public dissertations by domestic fare of great importance which is no less than the disposal of my sister jenny for life the girl is a girl of great merit and pleasing conversation but i being born of my father's first wife and she of his third she converses with me rather like a daughter than a sister i have indeed told her that if she kept by honour and behaved herself in such a manner as became the bigger staffs I would get her an agreeable man for her husband, which was a promise I made her after reading a passage in Pliny's epistles. That polite author had been employed to find out a consort for his friend's daughter, and gives the following character of the man he had pitched upon. Asiliano plurinum vigorous et industriae quanquam in maxima verecundia as illi facis liberalis multo sanguine multo rubor suffusa est inguina toitus corporis pultrito et quidam senatorius decor quae ego nequamquam arbitror Negligenda debet inum hoc castitae paulorum quasi premium dari. Asilianus, that was the gentleman's name, is a man of extraordinary vigor and industry, accompanied with the greatest modesty. He has very much of the gentleman, with a lively color and a flush of health in his aspect. His whole person is finely turned, and speaks him a man of equality, which are qualifications that, I think, ought by no means to be overlooked, and should be bestowed on a daughter as a reward of her chastity. A woman that will give herself liberties need not put her parents to so much trouble, for if she does possess these ornaments in a husband she can supply herself elsewhere but this is not the case of my sister jenny who i may say without vanity is as unspotted a spinster as any in great britain i shall take this occasion to recommend the conduct of our own family in this particular we have in the genealogy of our house the descriptions and pictures of our ancestors from the time of king arthur in whose days there was one of my own name, a knight of his round table, and are known by the name of Sir Isaac Bickerstaff. He was low in stature, and of a very swarthy complexion, not unlike a Portuguese Jew. But he was more prudent than men of that height usually are, and would often communicate to his friends and design his lengthening and whitening his posterity. His eldest son, Ralph, for that was his name, was for this reason married to a lady who had little else to recommend, but that 
she was very tall and very fair this issue of this match with the help of high shoes made a tolerable figure in the next age though the complexion of the family was obscure till the fourth generation from that marriage from which time till the reign of william the conqueror the females of our house were famous for their needlework and fine skins in the male line there happened an unlucky accident in the reign of richard the third the eldest son of philip then chief of the family being born with a humpback and very high nose this was the more astonishing because none of his forefathers ever had such a blemish nor indeed was there any in the neighbourhood of that make except the butler who was noted for round shoulders and a roman nose what was it made the nose the less excusable was the remarkable smallness of his eyes these several defects were mended by succeeding matches the eyes were opened in the next generation and the hump fell in a century and a half but the greatest difficulty was how to reduce the nose which i do not find was accomplished till about the middle of the reign of henry the seventh or rather the beginning of that of henry the eighth but while our ancestors were thus taken up in cultivating the eyes and nose the face of the bickerstaffs fell down insensibly into chin which was not taken notice of their thoughts being so much employed upon the more noble features till it became almost too long to be remedied but length of time and successive care of our alliances have cured this also and reduced our faces into that tolerable oval which we enjoy at present i would not be tedious in this discourse but cannot but observe that our race suffered very much about three hundred years ago by the marriage of one of our heiresses with an eminent courtier who gave us spindle shanks and cramps in our bones insomuch that we did not recover our health and legs till sir walter bickerstaff married maud the milkmaid of whom the then garter king at arms a facious person said pleasantly enough that he, she had spoiled our blood but mended our constitutions after this account of the effect our prudent choice of matches has had upon our persons and features i cannot but observe that there are daily instances as of great changes made by marriage upon men's minds and humours one might wear any passion out at a family by culture and skilful gardeners blot a colour out of a tulip that hurts its beauty one might produce an affable temper out of a shrew by grafting the mild upon the choleric or raise a jack-pudding from a prude but inculating mirth and melancholy it was for want of care for the disposing of our children with regard to our bodies and minds that we go into a house and see such different complexions and humours in the same race and family but to me it is as plain as a pike-staff from what mixture it is that this daughter silently lures the other steals a kind look at you a third is exactly well behaved a fourth a splenetic and a fifth a coquette 
in this disposal of my sister i have chosen with an eye to her being a wit and provided that the bridegroom to be a man of a sound and excellent judgment who will seldom mind what she says when she begins to harangue for jenny's only imperfection is an admiration of her parts which inclines her to be a little but very little sluttish and you are ever to remark that we are apt to cultivate most and bring into observation that we think most excellent in ourselves or most capable of improvement thus my sister instead of consulting her glass and her toilet for an hour and a half after her private devotion sits with her nose full of snuff and a man's nightcap on her head reading plays and romances her wit she thinks her distinction therefore knows nothing of the skill of dress or making her person agreeable it would make you laugh to see me often with my spectacles on lacing her strays for she is so very a wit that she understands no ordinary thing in the world for this reason i have disposed of her to a man of business who will soon let her see that to be well dressed in good humour and cheerful in the command of her family are the arts and sciences of female life i could have bestowed her upon a fine gentleman who extremely admired her wit and would have given her a coach and six but i found it absolutely necessary to cross the strain for they met they had entirely been rivals in discourse and in continual contention for the superiority of understanding and but forth critics pedants or pretty good poets as it is i expect an offspring fit for the habitation of the city town or country creatures that are doctile and tractable in whatever we put them to to convince men of the necessity of taking this method that any one even below the skill of an astrologer behold the turn of faces he meets as soon as he passes cheapside conduit as you see a deep attention and a certain unthinking sharpness in every countenance they took attentive but their thoughts are engaged on mean purposes to me it is very apparent when i see a citizen pass by whether his head is up woollen silks iron sugar indigo or stocks now this trace of thought appears or lies hid in the race for two or three generations i know at this time a person of a vast estate who is the immediate descendant of a fine gentleman but the great-grandson of a broker in whom his ancestor is now revived he is a very honest gentleman in his principles but cannot for his blood talk fairly he is heartily sorry for it but he cheats by constitution and overreaches by instinct the happiness of the man who marries my sister will be that he has no faults to correct in her but her own a little bias of fancy or particularly of manners which grew in herself and can be amended by her for in such an untamed couple we can hope to have our family rise to its ancient splendour of face air countenance manner and shape without discovering the product of ten nations in one house 
Obadiah Greenhat says, He never comes into any company in England, but he distinguishes the different nations of which we are composed. There is a scarce such a living creature as a true Briton. We set down, indeed, all friends, acquaintance, and neighbours. But after two bottles, you see a Dane start up and swear, The kingdom is his own. A Saxon drinks up the whole court, and swears he will dispute that with him. A Norman tells them both, he will assert his liberty, and a Welshman cries, There are all foreigners of intruders of yesterday, and beats them out of the room. Such accidents happen frequently among neighbors, children, and cousin Germans, for which reason I say study your race, or the soil of your family will dwindle into sits or squires, or run up into wits or madmen. End of chapter 5 Read by Elijah Fisher